it's all good, right? Because no one cares about risk. You're making a 15% return on a single trade, right? Easy money. You can make 100% in a few months. A month, maybe. Now, let me ask you this. If you are trading, let's take that $1,000 account and let's bump that up. Let's, let's say you're trading a, a, a $100,000 account. Right? $100,000 account. And you're adjusting your position size accordingly. Would you feel as comfortable doing that? Why? Why would you not feel comfortable trading an equivalent position size? It's the same risk percentage, right? It's still a 10% risk. It's no different than what you're doing with the small account. Well, now the money's a little bit more important to you, right? Before, when it was $1,000, you probably didn't care about blowing it, right? Losing $1,000 isn't that big of a deal. But now that it's $100,000, right? Now things have changed, right? Now, all of a sudden, that position size may be too big. John says it's the value of money, right? We start thinking about the money instead of the percentage. And obviously, that can, there's a whole road of psychological errors that that can, can kind of lead to. But more importantly, you're, you're, you're changing what you're doing. And when you change what you're doing, you're changing your returns. And if you're someone that is going on to manage money and you're promising a certain return, right? You're, you're this big shot trader. Again, you made 10% a day. You've built your money management system off of showing returns that say, hey, I make 10% a day and blah, blah, blah. You get all these clients that are interested. They're under the expectation that you're going to continue to make 10% a day. Now you're trading a $100,000 account and now you're a little worried about your position sizing and you start going lower, what's gonna to happen to those returns? How are your clients gonna feel if you underperforming? What pressure is underperforming gonna put on you? You're stuck in a really weird place. In my opinion, right, your risk should be the same. You should trade the same exact way on a $1,000 account that you would on a $10,000 account. The same way on a $10,000 account that you should on a $100,000 account. There should really be no changes to your trading. If your maximum risk on a $100,000 account per trade is going to be 1%, guess what your maximum risk should be on when you're using a $1,000 account? 1%. But we, because we don't value those smaller account sizes as much, we feel like it's okay to be more risky. And what happens is when you get more risky, you start getting this false sense of what you can actually return. And I think that's the biggest disconnect with people when you talk about, you know, I, I say that I'm very happy averaging 30, 30% a year. I will be very happy if I can continue averaging 30% a year. And you'll hear many, I always say the best traders in the world will do that. Between 20 and 60%, right? The best traders in the world will be happy with a 25, 30% return per year. 
Why? Because it's a 25, 30% return on with no risk. It's basically a risk-free, essentially, 20 to 30% return. It's basically me saying, hey, Nick, I'm going to give you 30% on whatever. Um, basically, no chance of you losing any of it. All day, every day. Like, who wouldn't do that? You tell a client with a massive amount of money that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a 300% return this year. What's my risk? Well, you know, like a, you know, 50% maximum drawdown. Okay, so you're telling me there's a chance that I can lose 50% of my funds. Yeah, but there's also a chance you can make a 300% return. I don't know about you guys. I'm not taking that deal. If I've got a lot of money built up and saved up that I'm, I'm using for my, my family, my family's future, I don't want any chance of losing half of it. I don't think anybody that is sane would. Would anyone want a chance to lose half of it? Yeah, but you have a potential to, to triple it. No. What matters most is the risk. I have a potential to lose half. I have a chance to triple my money every time I go to the casino. <laughs> All it takes is a few bad hands, and guess what? Boom. So a lot of it is built off a difference in mindset. People that are trading with these very, very small accounts, they're just not trading a, a, an amount of money that's painful enough for them to lose to really realize how important risk is. When, when money gets to a point where it's painful enough to lose, you, you make better decisions. I always say the same thing with bets, right? Um, there's no point in placing a bet, a serious bet, unless there's going to be some type of pain threshold in it, right? If I make a bet with, uh, if I make a bet with Chris and I'm like, okay, well, loser, you know, I'll give you five bucks if you lose, right? Chris is more willing to make a bet where he's not too confident in the outcome because five bucks is like, eh, whatever, you know, I'll just give him five bucks, right? If you were to make a bet where it's like, hey, loser loses his arm. You're either not likely to make that bet at all, or you better be darn sure you're right. You better be fully confident that you're right. And in the market, you could lose a lot more than your arm. People lose their arms and legs and everything. But that's the philosophy. When, when you're not trading an amount that is big enough, you're, you're more inclined to do risky things because, again, the downside risk is, hey, $1,000. You know, people don't think about it in percentage-wise. I didn't lose 100% of my account. I only lost $1,000. If you take that same philosophy to that same mindset to trading a massive account, ooh, God bless, you can be in some major trouble. But people don't realize that until it gets to that pain threshold. Then they realize like, man, you know what? 30% with no risk, that is pretty darn good versus 300% with maximum risk. Cody said, just saw a new company that started up. They pulled in 510% in five months with a 300K account. But I want to see uh, where they are at in two years with the high, with that high of risk. And it's all automated. Yeah. Now, if they're, if they're doing that with very low risk, that's all good. 
What I always want to see and what, what my clients always ask me when I was doing money management, what, what is the max drawdown? What's the most I can lose? That, that was always the first question from any serious investor. How much can I lose in order to make that? Honestly, most of them didn't really care about what you can make. They're like, look, how, 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 much, how much can I lose? That's why people like the stock market. Instead of just buying individual stocks, right? Buying the indexes, right? Safety, 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 safety. You're, you're, you're buying a, a, a basket of basically all blue chippers. What do you think is more risky? Buying the S&P or handpicking individual stocks, assuming you're not like an educated trader? Assuming you're a novice trader that doesn't really know much about investing and you're just like, I just want to have exposure to the market. Consistently buying an index over and over again. Much safer than trying to pinpoint a very specific stock at a very specific time and going all in at a certain point. Less risk, less risk. George says, when my friends ask me to manage their money, I don't even give them a number. I say, I can do better than the bank, 0%. Yeah, look, people don't think that way. I, I do the same thing. I'm like, well, well let, me, I'm like, let me ask you this, right? So if you were to put your money in a bank account or like a CD, money market account, what, what, would, your, what would your return be by the end of the year? Get me that number and get back to me. And you get that. It's like, what, like, what are you? People have these weird numbers. Well, can you make me a thousand percent a year? I'm like, what are, you, what are you comparing that to? Like, where's that thousand percent coming from? What is the proper comparison that we should be making here? Or are we just pulling numbers out of your wuha? Think about who you're trying to outperform or who you're competing against. Nick says, when my friends ask me how much they can lose if I manage their money, I tell them they will lose zero because I won't manage their money at all. There we go. <laughs> Cody says, love that response, George. I'm going to steal it. My friend did a CD the other day and thought it was 3% a month. I told him, uh, recheck his contract because no way he did and was really disappointed. Uh, he'll be a client soon. Yeah. 3% a month. No, no, no. That's, that's, uh, no. No. Mm -mm. I wish. I'd, I'd put my, I'd, I'd put a bulk of my money back in CDs. Here you go. I'll check in, check it in five years. But yeah, we, we just, we just need a proper perspective. And there are super traders out there. Don't get me wrong. There are traders out there that do very, very well, very low risk, very high returns. Um, but it's typically not the norm. I t it's typically not the norm. And I think the issue is that people are under the impression that it is. And it's because you see these traders on Instagram that are that are making, I don't even know how much they're making, but probably these silly returns using over leveraged accounts. And like one of you guys said earlier, how many of them last after the first two months? Pay attention to how long they're posting. They go on for a month and you don't hear from them for a year. Well, what happened? Or what happens when they get into real money? 
what happens when they when they stop trading a hundred dollar account making 10 bucks a day and, and bragging about this awesome return what happens when they start getting a ten thousand dollar account hundred thousand dollar account but it's interesting risk risk kind of shifts i was talking to another uh trading educator about this the other day and he said the same way uh, he never never he never did the craziness like that but he, it's we were having a conversation about how it's interesting how your mindset shifts when you when you're trading smaller money and a lot of it is purpose-based as well you're trading smaller accounts and, and your 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 goal was make money make money make money and then as your account gets bigger it's like don't lose it don't lose it don't lose it it's interesting how that shifts especially when you when you get into a position where this becomes something that's full-time people don't understand that pain man people don't understand the pressure of like when when you everyone wants to be a full-time trader right Everyone wants to be a full-time trader, full-time money manager. Do you have any idea what type of pressure that is? Any of you guys ever work a, a commission-based job? Work from home. Stare at the charts. Drive my Lamborghini. I'm going to take my tiger for a walk after I polish his, his golden leash. Any of you guys ever work a commission job? Any type of sales where your, your payment's only commission or... You know, used car salesman, anyone like that, right? So, commission sucks. It, it, it's it's it's. I, I would say this. It, it it doesn't suck because you 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 eat what you kill. So if you're very good and driven, you're very good. But there's 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 no safety in commission. It it is truly performance based. You have to work your behind off to earn your check, right? And that could, that could be good or bad. If you're a worker and you're really good, that could be really, really, really good because there's no ceiling on what you can make. No ceiling at all. If you're not a worker, if you're someone that's kind of in the middle and you're like, you do just enough, well, you're going to get paid just enough. But with the reward of there being no ceiling, the risk is that there's no safety. So you're sick for a month. You can't get on the, on, on the phone and make those calls. Guess who's not eating? Guess who's not eating? Your family's not eating. Now, imagine this in trading. Trading is the same way, strictly commission. Imagine you have a down month in trading. You need to make a certain commission, a certain amount to, to feed your family. Okay, you're selling used cars. You just get out there three hours earlier each day. You start hustling, right? Would you guys agree? Easy solution. Just work harder the next month. Sell more cars. Get on the phone more. Do more research. Put yourself out there, right? Can you do that in trading? You can't control the opportunities in trading, right? You can't wake up in the morning, I'm going to trade harder today. What if the markets are like today? They give you nothing. How are you going to trade harder? What can you do? You don't have control over this market. You don't control your winners and your losers. You have somewhat of a control if you're a salesman, right? If you do your job the right way, you can convince people to buy something, especially when they plan on buying it anyway. I can't convince the market to do anything. I can't convince it to give me opportunities. And if it gives me opportunities, I can't convince it to win or lose. I have to take what the market gives. And if it gives me a slow month and I need that money to live, 
Guess what I'm going to start doing? Forcing trades. Upping my position size to make a comeback. Working that corner. So it's a it's a it's a it's a commission based game, but it's also a commission based game that we don't have much control over. And that's that's the difficult part. That's the difficult part because we we can't control the opportunities. We just have to take what's given. So it becomes an entirely different game once you're once you're you're living that life of being a full time trader. Kind of sucks. A lot of pressure if you if you're not doing it the right way. That's why it's so important to, to supplement your income. People will take shots at you. Oh, you have to supplement your income? You're not a real trader. No, I, I just like the safety of having some type of salary as well. And not, you know, not necessarily a salary, but you have some type of income to supplement your trading. So you don't have to rely on your trading. So a little bit of that pressure is off. If you're, having a, if you're in a drawdown, having a bad stretch, a little bit of that pressure is off. You don't have to force anything. Because you're still able to keep your head above water. And that could be the same thing. It doesn't have to be trading related. That could be working a side job. Other than the corner. Right? It could be, hey, I'm, I'm going to be a day trader. And then uh, at, you know, in the afternoon, I'm going to work at McDonald's. So you have that kind of that that cushion that you have that salary from McDonald's coming in just in case trading's not doing good. It doesn't have to be a trading business, obviously. You can still be a full-time trader and work a different job. That's fine. You can moonlight as a janitor like I did. But that that safety will help keep you sane psychologically. Then you don't have to have those super crazy uh, position sizes that will ultimately leave you broke. So... Anyway, long first session, hour and a half. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish up in the markets.